0: where do you see my
1: alien where do you see my alien where do you see my alien i'm gonna get beamed up
2: <laughs> what's up bud hey how, how are we doing dude i'm all right yeah. Yeah. You're here, you're live, and I'm, I'm, oh, you hate this light I so do. much. I,
1: I, I was trying to, I, you guys, I was trying to sign Language Spencer into turning this light off. There's just-
2: It's just so spooky now.
1: There, yeah. It's
2: spooktober, baby. <laughs>
1: There's just a very tall, bright lamp that's kind of like right to the right of Spencer's head when we record this show. And every time I think, uh, boy,
2: I'm going to have a headache if we do this whole (laughs) episode like this. You know who else is going to have a headache by the end of this episode? You? Well, maybe. Tell me why. Because you poured (laughs) like 19 ounces of Hennessy into this cup over here. You guys... The, the studio tax Hennessy that sentence may have led you to believe that Spencer and I are frequent Hennessy consumers but first time in about a decade uh, Yep, I was gonna say mm-hmm. my last time was in college. I was hanging out with Crump the last time shout out to Crump shout out to Crump. I think we were about 22 <laughs> also not entirely surprised by that. Nope. Nope. We were about 22 and um, at some shitty club downtown
1: uh, what Spencer means by studio tax is Spencer works in a studio in the Twin Cities, and sometimes famous people leave their uh, assorted accoutrement after you studio know, sessions. The things that you can't fly with. Yep. Yeah. And um, then, uh, just take them home. And then <laughs> and then that's studio tax for leaving your shit there and <laughs> him having to clean up after you. So, shout out to WizKid. Your, shout to your <laughs> Hennessy is delicious. <laughs> Dear WizKid, thanks for your Hennessy. With uh, Spencer's next mixtape is going to be called WizKid's Hennessy, and it's just... And, you got to get real drunk on like that half bottle of Hennessy that's left over. I, and well. well, well, you're well on your way, bud. I gave you a big one and now you're going to be, um, i on this one <laughs> Too deckered. I think you should actually just make all the beats for your next mixtape drunk on tonight. that bottle of whiskey tonight. All yeah. of them tonight. Mm-hmm. Got it. I just put it out ben. and just, this is called WizKids Hennessy cause I got drunk on WizKids Hennessy and made it happen.
2: Speaking of, Mixtapes and music. No, this is, I'm I'm going in a different direction oh, than you okay. think I'm going. Is um, it? Do you wait, wait? Was it the Patreon or the regular episode last week where we talked about the uh, the robot band? Uh, it was the Patreon, I think. Ah, shit. Why? Okay, I have a, a hu- hugely important update. Okay, guys. So what had? Oh, wait, we were gonna we were gonna play Cam's voicemail anyway, right? We were gonna play okay. Cam's, and okay. we
1: were gonna play
2: uh,
1: our. They're the special, the special short one where we got asked a question.
2: Right. Okay. Let me, let me pull up our voicemail then, because I have a, uh, I got an update this morning about the topic of one of these voicemails.
1: We should say, Hey, hi guys. Nice to see you in the hundreds. We're back.
2: Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh shit. We got what? a bear voicemail today too. Hey, well, we're starting off with voicemails today, guys. <laughs> it wasn't part of the plan, but here we are. Here we are. Maybe we should save them for the end when I can't actually read anymore. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm we're doing them now. Not going to be able to see my computer by the end of this episode. That's perfect. Uh, okay, we need... Let's start with Cam. Um,
1: if, if I can you, find it. If y'all remember, Cam's a listener in San Francisco who has left us a handful of voicemails. Uh, we sometimes play them on the paid show, patreon.com slash what if podcast. Okay. You can get double the episodes. Every single week. I'm so psyched to listen to this voicemail a second time. Cam makes fun of our Minnesota accents. Oh, my God.
2: All right, here we go. Patreon members, just stick with us. I promise it's worth it.
0: Hi, y'all. This is Cam out here in SF. And I was just listening to uh, one of your back Patreons. And towards the end of the episode, um, I guess Spencer, y'all talking about robots and whatnot. You're talking about that robot metal band. Well, I shit you not, I saw that motherfucker in his robot band, Goddamn, probably two, probably three, four years ago Dude. over here in SF at the Parkside.
1: Using yeah. Goddamn as, like, just, a just like, a pause word in anything is... God. <laughs> goddamn. Goddamn. Must have been six years ago. This is fucking my favorite shit ever. Shout out to you, Cam. I on.
0: didn't see the video you posted, and I've never seen anybody video, but I've seen this shit in real life. It's like a fucking... Uh, fucking uh, Chuck E. Cheese band from Hell and Your Dreams. And there's one dude that he he runs the he kind of, he does everything programmed, and he sings and shit and his whole band does all this and that and there's one fucking huge ass teddy bear looking motherfucker that looks like he ate your soul. Now, the kicker, this motherfucker he I think he's literally insane. I've heard At this twice and it's during, so good. Like, probably halfway through the show, he, he has, uh, has him play like an interlude his band or whatever, and he gets off the fucking stage. He runs around some small venue. He finds a volunteer, right? I don't think this volunteer knows what he's getting himself into. So he gets a volunteer, and then he goes back behind the stage, and he literally pulls out a, like, rocking horse, like, bicycle, tricycle thing that he turns into a unicorn. Well, he attached the horn to this motherfucker, He's got a foot-long pink dildo attached to the end of this horse, right? And then the yep. volunteer going here, guys. <laughs> gets on the goddamn thing, and then the lead singer of the band, what he what he does, he, he goes, and this is a real small venue, so he like he, he splits the Red Sea of, of the attendees, right? Phenomenal biblical metaphor
1: to explain this.
0: And then he goes down on one end of the alley, and he bends over and yells between his legs, uh something about full steam ahead or whatever and he has this volunteer he <laughs> gets this volunteer to literally ride a little toy bicycle dildo unicorn straight into his butt. He had clothes on but the motherfucker's crazy. I if oh my oh, oh, god I you can find video of that particular thing at one of his live shows and hell I don't remember the name of the band either. I kinda got invited through one of my fringe uh, you know acquaintances, friends, but it was a hell of a show. Yeah, it sounds and like. Apparently, yeah. I don't know. He likes himself some unicorn dildo at, at action. I guess. Oh right, now. <laughs> I'm getting, getting on this one.
1: So we, I feel like we should have maybe done a like a small sweary boys disclaimer at the beginning uh, of that voicemail, but
2: it's actually, I mean, nah, It's relatively clean, other than the the content. He didn't cuss any more than we do. He was yeah, just talking about things true. going up people's butts
1: which we've
3: also yeah, that's, yeah that's, it's pretty
2: standard. All right, never mind. We've been doing this for 2 years. If you if that's shocking to you then I'm sorry. <laughs> if that's shocking to you, welcome to your first episode of the show. So, uh thanks to Matt, I have some more information about this band. Thank you, Matt. I'm pretty sure that this is the same band okay. that Cam is referencing.
1: What uh, what avenue did Matt provide us more information about
2: said in band? He, he sent us a tweet this morning, oh, and, then, and then I went down a bit of a Google, buddy. a bit of a Google rabbit hole. Um, the yes. band is called Captured by Robots, because of course it is. Uh, would you like to hear part of one of their songs? Oh
1: boy, this. So wait, hang on, because we did talk about this on a paid episode like a while ago. This is that mm. band, correct? This is the, okay. So we should give people, if you don't have the disclaimer, obviously Cam explained it to you. What?
2: And that's as much as we can legally play that song. <laughs> so it's a dude, it's a human singer. Yep. With a drummer, robot drummer and a robot guitarist and bassist. Two robots, one plays drums, one plays guitar and bass.
1: I got to be honest with you. It sounds so I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you guys. If it's not obvious at this point, I'm not a huge death metal fan as a person. However, that sounds better than I would have imagined it sounding.
2: Well, like more put together than I would have imagined it sounding. That's great news, Ryan. What are you doing um, two weeks from now? Oh, God. October 19th, specifically. Oh, God. Because they're playing at the entry, and I may have bought two tickets today. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. We have to go, right? I know we have to go. Oh, Jesus. Also, like, unofficial podcast meetup? Slash yeah, official, I guess, because I just said it on the show Yeah, I guess if you guys want to go see Captured by <laughs> Robots at the 7th Street entry in Minneapolis on October 19th. We'll be there. What day of the week is that? It's a Friday. Alright Yeah, it's the right night of the week to see a robot death metal band.
1: Ooh I might be out of town Dicks!
2: Why? I'm Cancel it. I, it's not that important.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Whatever it is It can't be that important. My family rented a cabin up north Meet him Friday, late Friday night. Show starts today. You could be there by midnight. You have the whole weekend. I think we might have to have an unofficial podcast correspondent, Dan Whalen, join. Well, that's fine. And document as well. I mean, I'll, I'm going. I'm committed. I spent $24 wow. already.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm in it to win it with my $24. Pot committed. Yeah, dog. Gotta see that through. Um. Wow.
2: Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you think there's going to be any tricycles involved? I, I know not to volunteer for any anything now. <laughs> <You> fucking a. <laughs> yes, li- yep. literally. Oh yeah. Oh shit. I <laughs> God damn, I'm dumb. I didn't even think
1: about that coming out of my face. That's that uh, sounds like that would have been a
2: good joke, and and yet it's just me being dumb instead. Because Ryan still says fucking a in actual conversation.
1: Fucking a crowbar.
2: Um, uh, we got a couple pardon? more, right? Pardon. What? Uh, yes, we do. Did you want to go with the uh the short one? Let's go with the short one, and then we'll finish with a, a surprise Dude, from Bear. Patreon members are going to hate us, but... No, no. Hi. Hey. My
0: name's Harper. Hi, Harper. I'm six,
2: and... I'm not my six. My question
0: is, why well, people
2: have animal hair? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. got to hang uh, up, buddy. No, nope. There we go.
1: No, nope, don't hang up. <laughs> Just hang out. Okay, um, so... Part of the reason. Do we call CPS now or at the
2: end of the episode?
1: <laughs> no, I just um, I we had to we had to play that voicemail <laughs> on the free show because I gotta know
2: who. Which who, one of you? Which one of <laughs> you?
1: Let your six year old listen to
2: us, because I feel bad <laughs> for being who I am <laughs> because of this fact. <laughs> And yeah. I used to actually teach kindergartners and I feel ashamed of of, <laughs> <laughs> of this situation. Guys, we gotta shut the podcast down. <laughs> we we have sullied a six-year-old's mind. All, all I've been doing is cussing about Hennessy for like ten minutes. Yep. Uh, here's what here's my hope. Except for the part where we talked about putting things in your butt. <laughs> oh Jesus. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Hey, Harper, it's Ryan and Spencer here. No, 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 no. no I'm not doing this. No, I'm saying the parents can. can fast forward. You can't say fuck. Yes, I can. It's my forward podcast, and I, I do not support these irresponsible-ass people letting their six-year-old listen to our <laughs> podcast. This is not in any way on us. I just want to help, like, no, give that nope, kid... Don't, don't hmm. reinforce it. That is a terrible decision that these people made. Har- Har- Harper, we love you.
1: <laughs> there we go. That's all you got. <laughs> um we will time stamp it if people had animal fur, I'd look fucking sick i'd have do a, would have a coat I'd have a mane you I, do though I do have a
2: mane yeah okay. <laughs> you right <laughs> We are animals, and we do it for speaking of animals, let's get one more from bear before we dive into today. oh, transitions on transitions um oh okay, for a second, I thought that this was a fifty six minute long voicemail, holy shit, but it, he left us a voicemail fifty six minutes ago.
1: Bear would have broke the system, bro. Um, man, we, we've never screened the Bears' Bear, voice Bear just controlled before. the three-minute voicemail limit with his mind. Hey, man.
2: If anybody earned it. It's Bear. Yeah, 100%. Hey,
3: boys, this is Bear. I was uh, listening to some of your backlog there, your back catalog. Listen to episode 37 about uh, what if you remembered everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's episode 37 about... Hyperthymesia. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to amnesia, I guess. Yep, yep. But uh, those folks could remember everything that ever happened to them. I guess that'd have its advantages and disadvantages. And then I listened to episode 49 back. up there at uh, Time Travel. What if you could time travel? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> those two back to back were fun. You guys really got in a groove on those two because. I can tell you guys were really interested in it, and uh, I'll tell you what I like about you boys, one of the many things, many things, bro, (laughs) one of the many things I like about you is when you get your teeth into something you're really interested in, you guys get in a groove, and boy, you turn it over and turn it over like a dog with a a bone, like every facet of that uh, thing, and you guys have a real critical mind about things, and, and uh, make my soul it's funny, sand. though, because then you slip into your bullshit, which is always funny. I think that's a crowd pleaser right there, uh, when you're giving each other a hard time and <laughs> kind of cutting yourselves on, uh, oh, math is hard, science is hard. You guys are a lot smarter than you let on, but, uh. That's good shit, boys. You guys keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I really appreciate the the call-out, uh, the, call the shout-out. Uh, I know things my brother and I sent up to you. Hell
2: yeah, we're using your Bra- coasters right now, yeah, Bear. Yeah, w- Hennessy is sitting on your uh, morning, boys. It's Bear coaster uh, as we speak. Thank God that's a real thing.
3: We oh. really appreciate your podcast and we wanted you to know, so he and I arranged to send that stuff up to you and uh, I'll make it up to Minneapolis before it's over with. That's my for man. sure. I man. gotta see you boys. You're good people, and I like what you do. And I hope they're taking care of you on the Patreon. I'm having a hell of a time with my damn debit card, so I'm in and out of the.
2: Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll, all right, we'll stop there. Well, but uh, Bear, we love you.
1: You you are you are the truest OG, and we appreciate you and your brother. And uh, we we love using our coasters and. We love our purple alien buddy, and uh, fucking fuck yeah, we love you. I, that fucking... <laughs> hey, morning boys,
3: this is Bear.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we got that as a sounder now, y'all. What's up, what's up? Also,
2: I'm gonna have to pull a few from this voicemail.
1: Yeah, because For sure. I don't know... I don't know how long it's been since I laughed that hard, but bear giving us compliments on how well we turn over like tough issues and then, and then just going, and then you slip into your bullshit. (laughs)
2: It's
1: like the most, the realest and funniest uh, assessment of us as
2: podcasters. I'm absolutely pulling. That's good (laughs) shit boys from this, from this voicemail. Phenomenal. Oh man. All right. I forgot to monitor the time and we're counting bars so we're 500 bars into this thing do you want to you want to get into the actual topic bars
1: on bars on bars we we're uh we're roughly ten ten
2: 10 songs deep you guys have listened to an album's worth of bars i think that's at 120 beats per minute so we could probably do the math but i'm not going to
1: uh as bear just uh called out <laughs> math
2: is hard math is hard <laughs> and we're probably not gonna try on it right now um, Did we come up with an actual title are we doing what if what if you faked your death? What if you faked your own death?
1: Okay, now there are many folk many folks <laughs> That we could do uh, this topic on but we're gonna we're gonna start with one that's near and dear to our hearts as musicians and uh, And as hip-hop musicians uh, We're gonna start with the story of Tupac Shakur Like the whole story? Well, not the whole story.
2: Because I did the math and we're at 17 minutes already. So let's Just kidding, see. I didn't do the math. I just clicked the button. The
1: uh, <laughs> the biography of Tupac Shakur brought he to you. He was born in <laughs> 1981. No, but we, we're going to talk about um, mostly, not the life, but mostly the death and thereafter and speculation thereafter of Tupac Shakur's death. Um, But it, it's important to start with the death itself, I think.
2: So you want to go factually for now? Just,
1: yeah, I think, I think let's let's at least get to the point that, uh, Tupac is pronounced dead and then we can go from there. How's that? Sure. So we start, uh, we start on the night of September 7th in 1996.
2: Also, I did that math wrong, boys. He was born in 1971, not 81. I'm not that dumb. Tupac? Except when I am. Yes.
1: Was born in 71? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was, because he was 25 when he died. Isn't that crazy? Biggie was only 24. It just is, like, mind-blowing to me.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking about that the, like, whatever, a week or two ago when when Mac Miller died. Mm-hmm. and Because he, he was 26? 26, 26. 5, 6. And just my first thought was, like, man, that's so fucking young. And, like, yeah. that dude had a lot, a lot of things ahead of him. And then thinking that Pac was even younger and Biggie was even younger than him and just like the impact that those dudes both have had and continue to have and will continue to have is insane. For sure. I hadn't done shit by the time I was 24. No. I still haven't done like a tenth of what Pac did with his life and I won't. It's crazy. And that crazy, the crazy thing to
1: me too about just that age is like how prolific they were from a musical standpoint. Like the amount of music they put out well after death biggie had two records uh before he died well right no oh, not I'm just two i'm saying it wasn't like three was it yeah uh okay. shit i think it's three anyway anyway the point being <clears throat> sorry point being for relatively young dudes they put out a lot of music and have had a, a crazy cultural impact on hip hop and music and the world beyond. I mean, like, yeah, you can go to. I mean, those guys both just moved into like straight up pop culture realm, right? You can go to, you can go to bars in foreign countries today, and Juicy comes on, and people who don't speak English as their first
2: language know every word. You know, it's crazy. Um, I heard Pac multiple times just walking around in L.A. last week, just like on the street sure. and out of people's cars, and right.
1: Whatever. Dude's been dead for twenty or maybe not dead. Dead for twenty-two years and uh and people still just like rep him like he's he's you know, there today almost. Anyway anyway. Um so it's <clears throat> sorry, I got a frog in my throat. Kill it with Hennessy. Kill it with <laughs> Hennessy. <laughs> Drown that frog! Damn it. <laughs> it's September seventh in nineteen ninety-six. We're in Las Vegas, Nevada. And the place is the MGM Grand. So Tupac is there with Suge Knight um, for a fucking Mike Tyson fight. For a of Mike all Tyson things. fight versus Bruce Seldon, who is a person who I do not remember from the boxing world. I was never a huge boxing fan. I was sound, lightly into boxing, but he not sounds like, like a that's like a little league coach's name. Bruce Seldon? Mm-hmm. or like a or like a real boring politician. That guy loves Coors. Coors. <laughs> My name's Bruce Elden. Um, I think that guy delivered my mail today. Bruce Elden. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm with it. Um. So they're so they're at the MGM Grand for a extremely high profile boxing match in Las Vegas. Um. How how into the details of the night do you want to go? Do you want to talk through the brawl in the lobby? Do you want to yeah, talk? I think
2: I think that part's important.
1: Okay. So as they're leaving the MGM Grand after the boxing match, uh, basically there a brawl ensues between Tupac, Suge Knight, their crew, and a group of uh, Compton, California Crips, most specifically a gentleman named Orlando Anderson. Um, basically, they got jumped in the lobby.
2: Did you have you seen the security camera footage? The surveillance video, yeah. yeah. It's it's more intense than I thought it would be from how it's usually described. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh, there was a scuffle and they were separated and they both moved on. Like people were getting their faces kicked on the ground, and it was it was like an all-out brawl for a minute. Yeah. And yeah, and it involved more people than I think they like
1: yeah. they they explain it as it's probably like probably fifteen or twenty dudes. Right. They make it seem like like Tupac in Orlando got into an altercation. But when you actually see the surveillance footage, it's like, it's it's more than that. It's like a fucking WWE, like Royal rumble, (laughs) Royal rumble. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this was on the way out right after the fight. Correct. Okay. Fights over. They're leaving the lobby of the grand. People are departing to further locations. Um, The plan is for Pac and Suge to go to a club in Vegas to hang, drink, party. Do do club things. Do do things you do as a 25-year-old rapper uh, who has tens of millions of dollars. Uh, Suge and Pac get in the same car, a 96 black Beamer. Um... In a group of people to head to, they were supposed to go to a place called uh, Club 662, which was actually owned by Death Row Records, which was Shug Knight's record label. That Pac um, was presently or was at the
2: time signed to. And was in the process of dissolving his signing to. Was that actually happening, or I've only heard that that was like speculated that he may be interested in doing so. Had that process actually started? Essentially, he had recently
1: just fired his lawyer, who was the one who drew up his original contract. Okay. And I don't know, like I don't have an attributable quote, but sources said that the reason he fired that lawyer was because he felt like he had fucked him in his deal with Death Row. So his desire was to separate from Death Row so that he could actually
2: have his own career and he could re-kind of establish himself so he hadn't officially started that process but it one could infer that he was going that way
1: i think that's probably fair yeah i'm not entirely sure um the depth of it i don't know that
2: we do know but i think that's important for when we start speculating about who did what and why though absolutely it is so um
1: i i don't have a time on when the brawl in the lobby happened
2: i don't either but I mean, probably 9 or 10 p.m. Like, when, yeah. when would a fight usually be done? 10 o'clock, probably? 10 o'clock-ish. Yeah. Even that seems
1: a little early, but yes. Um, What we mostly know next is that uh, around 11.15, Pac and Suge are the only two people in a black Beamer driving uh, through Las Vegas on their way to Club 662. Suge is driving, correct? Sug is driving, Pock is riding shotgun, uh, so on the right side of the car, um, and at 11.15 p.m., they pull up to a stoplight. The story goes that um, Pock was potentially had the window down, was maybe, like, talking to a car next to them.
2: I've also heard that he was, maybe not at the time, but at least part of the time, hanging out the sunroof. I've read that as well, but... I've never seen that
1: confirmed anywhere, and the only person... There are a who, lot of parts of this that are not confirmed anywhere. Yeah, which is pretty wild. The only version of that I saw was, like, like I mean, the only person who would know that would be Suge, and I've never seen it attributed to Suge. Yeah. But, as the story goes, they're at a stoplight. Pac has the window down and is potentially conversing with a car full of females. Uh, that's sort of... Women. Women. To their right. Um, and... Up pulls a uh, white Cadillac to the right side of the sedan. They're in a left turn lane. Tupac and uh, Sugar in a left turn lane, and up the center lane comes this white Cadillac uh, and opens fire
2: on Tupac and Sugar in their car. Not. This is a different car than whoever he was talking to at the light. Sorry.
1: Yes. Behind the, the Cadillac rolls up behind that car full of, uh, women. Got it. idea being like they were maybe slightly ahead of the car. So they were able to pull up on the side and start shooting at the passenger side door. Got it. Um, they unload, uh, it was a semi-automatic pistol into the side of the car, uh, hitting Tupac four times, twice in the chest um, once this says, I have a version that says once in his arm, I saw that the coroner's report
2: actually says he got hit in the hand. Yeah. I've seen both also.
1: Yeah. Um, and or once either, or I guess. Yeah. And once in the thigh, uh, the once in the chest is most important because it entered the body sort of under his right armpit. Um, idea being he maybe was. Covering his face, so lifted his right arm and a shot went up under his armpit and pierced his right lung. Um the uh Suge Knight wasn't actually hit with a bullet at all. They say that uh he got hit with a bullet fragment.
2: Yes. Uh although in an interview I was listening to, Suge said he got hit he said he took a forty five to the head. Which seems like he got, I, if I heard that my first thought was like, he got shot in the head. And I think it means what you're saying that a fragment that had like hit the car or something else first, like, Hit him in the head, but didn't penetrate his skull, or I don't don't know what that actually means. I saw
1: two versions of it. One was a graze, so through the window and just grazed his head. The other version I saw was a bullet shattered on impact through the car wall and sprayed bullet fragments into the car, and that he got hit in the head with one of the fragments.
2: Because I don't think he even went to the hospital or anything, right? He did go to the
1: hospital. He did? He went to the same hospital that Pac went to. Okay. They were actually taken there together. I don't believe it was the same ambulance, but it was in two if it wasn't.
2: Okay. Because I also, I was listening to an interview with Suge where he said that he never saw Pac after he got shot. So I don't know if he just means like after they got to the hospital or if he means more literally like after the actual shooting. It was was after they left the hospital because
1: he was taken to be treated for whatever his graze was.
2: Okay. Um, Sugar Knight doesn't speak very precisely, it turns out. I was listening to a bunch of interviews with him, and he's, he's all over the place, which is problematic for what we're going to talk about later. But. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: so the
1: version of it I heard is that the first cop on the scene, a Las Vegas police department uh, officer who was, I guess, in the area and just got the shots fired call, um, drove directly to the scene of the drive by shooting. White Cadillac pulled away by the way Um opened the passenger Side door to check on Pac Uh immediately asked him who shot You and apparently Pac's final Words to uh Anyone as far as we know Was fuck you Whoa so Didn't feel like Saying much about that one way Or the other to the officer I've not heard that before It's a version of it uh I heard Doing research for this huh snitches get stitches man where did you where
2: do we have a source for that
1: it was in um it was in a video documentary that i watched that uh buzzfeed did okay um i don't have like a direct i
2: don't know where they're sourcing it though
1: well they sourced it from the officer who was first at the scene who like
2: directly like they actually talked to him
1: not in that interview, but he is he is documented as saying this is what happened when he hmm. arrived on the scene at some point. Okay. I don't know where that specific first hand documentation sure. is.
2: Um
1: Pac goes to the hospital, so does Knight. Knight gets dismissed. Um they sedate Tupac, put him into a medically induced coma basically because he's in such bad shape. This is obviously on the same night of uh, the 7th 7th. of September. Um, He's in ICU for six days and dies the afternoon of September 13th, 1996 at 4.03 p.m. The hospital says the cause of death was respiratory failure and pulmonary arrest. I mean... Sure, <laughs> the cause of death is he got shot multiple times, but, and specifically yeah. in his lungs. Yeah. They, I, I read somewhere it was oh it was in the because I, I read the coroner's report actually, coroner's report they say that when he was taken into the hospital they removed two liters of blood from his lungs, uh, the night that he got taken in. So he was,
2: he was in pretty bad shape. They've never arrested, much less tried anyone for this murder. True. Uh but a lot of people think that Orlando Anderson is the most likely uh suspect and he was brought in for questioning uh, I don't know how soon after but pretty soon after released without ever being charged with anything and then was actually he himself was killed about a year and a half later. So we can't really revisit that one too easily.
1: We can't. the um, The L.A. Times did their own sort of investigation into this after Pac died. Mm-hmm. Um, largely, I think, because there was so little like official stuff that was going on, that they just did a journalistic sort of approach to it. And I don't have all the backup data on the conclusions that they came to, but they publicized a version of their, like, findings throughout their sort of journalistic approach on the case itself. Um, And, like, there were three main takeaways, all of which I found kind of interesting for different reasons. Um, I'm going to read these verbatim. This is from a Times article from, I think it was, like, like, it was, like, a year and a half later or something like that. Wait, which... New York Times? LA Times. LA Times? Yep. That makes more sense. (laughs) Generally in that area. Um, The bullet points are this. Number one, the shooting was carried out by a Compton gang called the Southside Crips to avenge the beating of one of its members by Shakur Shakur a few hours earlier. That being Orlando Anderson? That being Orlando Anderson. Okay. Orlando Anderson, the Crib whom Shakur had attacked, fired the fatal shots. Las Vegas police discounted Anderson as a sub suspect initially and interviewed him only once and briefly. He was later killed. And how what does is, that
2: happen? Which part? How do you interview the guy that he got in a fight with two hours prior only briefly and then release him? My, how is he not obviously the primary suspect in this? Completely agree. Even like just from the
1: start. Completely agree. My only, I thought of, I actually thought the same thing. Like, That seems pretty open and shut. If you can actually put it together, right? The only thing I can think of is they had what they considered to be an alibi for him. So if he said I was here, and they got three or four other people to say Yeah, I was there, and he was there with me," that was enough for them to just stop chasing it down. They didn't have
2: anything else. Yeah, they didn't have anything else. The moment at least the fight footage, right? But then you don't continue. Like you can release them and then still continue to pursue totally other evidence. Totally, like. I don't know. I mean, how many people, there must've been multiple witnesses
1: to this, right? I mean, so that's an interesting one that I haven't, e- haven't ever been able to figure out. You're is, on the strip
2: on immediately after a huge fight got done.
1: Right. There's gotta be people everywhere. And the estimates were that, I don't know if they had, um, if they, well, from what I read, it was one gun. It was either multiple clips or an extended mag cause they shot. They said something like 20 times was what they uh what they counted. Like twenty gunshots on the strip in Las Vegas is like it's a lot. And and where does a and where does a white Cadillac go after doing just like blowing
2: right. down the street? Like And they they could get out of there quickly without anyone seeing them, but Suge couldn't drive away while they were getting off 20 shots. Right. And while Suge wasn't getting hit. Right. All right. You, you guys have, like, the, the basics. I think yep. let's just jump into, like, all the things that are weird about this. Let me just read
1: one more bullet point from this L.A. Times story because I think right. it's That's interesting. That's what we we're doing. Uh, no, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> to your point, Anderson was later killed in an unrelated gang shooting. The other one that I th- thought was very strange about the L.A. Times thing, and we'll talk about this in exactly what you're saying right now, is um, they... Sussed that the murder weapon was supplied by New York rapper Notorious B.I.G., who they believe paid the Crips, the Compton Crips, somewhere in the realm of a million dollars for the killing of Shakur. What is that based
2: on? I don't know. <laughs> that is a wild thing to say without I know. supporting it's a, evidence. It's
1: a big accusation. Absolutely. I completely agree.
2: They don't, um, There's not... There's These no are elaboration just elaboration on that. I just have the
1: takeaways point. from Man, it. Biggie did it. Um, Nothing to see. Biggie was gunned down six months later in Los Angeles. For those doing the math, um, I'll find the exact like follow up of that. But those were like their three main takeaways from their journalistic huh. hunt. Um, but yes, let's talk about all the weird things. Okay, and then let's talk about the
2: weirder things. Well, the first one we kind of already covered, but I have my own bullet point list of weird shit about this. Go ahead. First one being like, how do you not find that car? Yes. There should have been dozens of witnesses to this. It's a should be a relatively easily identified car. You're in an area that isn't the easiest to drive through, especially not no. quickly. No. Like getting out of there should have been a disaster and a bunch of people should have seen it happen. For sure. 100%. So in the moment, how do you get away? And then to never have anyone find anything? I, I also, I was thinking about this today, too. You know,
1: I know we live in a we live in a day and age where we think about, like, traffic cams and surveillance cams and all that stuff. And, like, yeah, it was 1996 or 19, 1996, 97, yeah, 96. 96. Um, but you're in Vegas. Like, right. fucking, there's billions of dollars chilling in that city on any given night. There's cameras fucking everywhere. Even in the 90s, Even for sure. Even
2: in the 90s, everywhere. Absolutely. I So it was this happened 2 hours after the fight got out. Yep. Like
1: how, how many how many there's got to be at least 100,000 people in addition to the normal say, Saturday night in Las Vegas. It, was it a Saturday?
2: I don't know what day of the week was. I think was. it was a Saturday. So it's a weekend in Vegas. There's already It people. was a Tyson fight. It was for sure a Saturday, right? Probably. It's a weekend in Vegas at 11 o'clock on the Strip. People are right. everywhere. Right. And then on top of that, yeah, so you got 60,000 people or whatever leaving a fight. Right. What? Not to mention every casino probably has cameras out front i'm sure there even then there were traffic cameras and stuff yeah nothing yep that 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 part alone seems impossible to me yep uh point two on the autopsy the coroner listed pac as being six feet tall and 215 pounds he was neither of those just by looking at him you can tell that both of those are false yeah he was a smaller dude on his uh on his driver's license, he listed himself as five ten, one sixty eight, which even that seems generous, honestly.
1: Yeah, but based even, on photos. But even if you're five ten and one sixty eight, if you're a coroner whose job is to measure people all day long, you're not going to get a dude's body weight and height wrong by two inches and fifty five pounds. Almost off,
2: yeah, it's almost fifty pounds.
1: Like, oh yeah, forty five pounds. Yeah. See, you guys, math is hard. It's still not forty five, but you're getting closer.
2: <laughs> Wait, what did you say? <laughs> Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> but right, those those are significant. Many pounds, bro. <laughs> God damn. Those are significant differences. Yes. And like, if anything, with the height, I would think five ten is probably high. And considering he listed that himself, I mean, but I, I'm speculating too. But like, the dude for sure was not six feet tall. Yeah. And one sixty eight. I mean, Pac was constantly not wearing a shirt. If he was even 168, he was hiding it all below the waist. In. Well, <laughs> in, in some fucking Ugh. strong muscle is what you meant He's, to say. He most certainly was not. I didn't say where. Dude had the strongest balls you've ever seen. But he for sure was not 215. No. Like there's no. not a chance no. that he ever weighed 215 no. in his life. Not even a little bit. So that's weird. Yes like did you weigh him with all his clothes on and his and his pockets full or like how do you what right. how do you account for 40 pounds difference 2 inches in height maybe whatever but like the dude died and gained 40 47 pounds yeah that doesn't sound what? right and then so okay point 2 point 3 he was cremated after he died the quickly quickly which whatever
1: there could be a lot of reasons for that yeah, but they had an autopsy and a cremation accomplished within 24 hours of him being, uh, being marked
2: as deceased. It's yeah. Also, like if you know for a week that that's a likely outcome, maybe, maybe arrangements prepping, had been made stuff. already. Yeah, or I guess that's true. You you've got, uh, an idea of what you're gonna do at least if he if he passes away. I don't know. Yes. That part doesn't seem that weird to me. Um, and I know, like, different cultures and religions have different ideas around, like, when those types of things are supposed to happen and whatever. Yeah. Uh, the dude who did the cremation... So, after he died... Yep. The only people who saw him, apparently, were his mom, Afini Shakur, and the person who did the actual cremation. Yep. The person who did the actual cremation, and again, this is according to Suge Knight, as far as I can source it. Right did the cremation and immediately retired and never did like never spoke to anyone publicly again.
1: Yeah. I also, I have a, I have a question about the Afini Shakur thing, seeing him. Yes. Well, uh, as far as I'm able to tell, Afini Shakur saw Pac,
2: that being Tupac's mother,
1: Tupac's mother saw him in the mortuary to, confirm it was him well she was with him at the hospital well right but that's my question is why would they need a sign off that it was him when he's been
2: in the hospital with
1: him for six days it wasn't like he just like got wheeled in after a bus accident they had to like identify his remains no, but maybe, I don't know how that works. Maybe that maybe that's a legal thing you have to do is be like We're gonna mark this person dead. Is this that
2: person? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, or if in transportation from Hospital to morgue You have to sign off on you, that You have to re-identify the person because people have different burial wishes so on and so forth Yeah, I would assume may, I guess maybe right yeah. you don't want to cremate the wrong person obviously well. Yeah, so That doesn't seem that weird to me. I mean, you can. They're they're not going to care. A
1: what? The dead person. They're not going to care.
2: No, but if people show up for a funeral (laughs) and there's not a person there, they're going to care. Well, that's a good point. (laughs) I just
1: meant doesn't matter. I just
2: meant when you're dead, you don't think things anymore. Tupac didn't care. Yeah. Other people may have cared if you accidentally burned their loved one whose funeral they were planning to attend. That's a that's a much stranger open casket, isn't it? Yes. That's not going to work. Yep. Uh, this is also the least kid friendly episode we've ever done. Just from top so? to bottom.
1: You think the unicorn do- dildo to begin and the and the the gangster rat murder later? <sighs> took it over the
2: top. I think so. All right. Uh hey, we gotta start doing new shit. It's hundred episodes, guys. We're a true crime podcast now. <laughs> Fuck with us. We're out of ideas now. <laughs> Kidding. It's not true. Uh Along the lines of the hospital stay And all of that He was in the hospital for six days And no one saw him other than his mother Now I get like He's super famous Yep He's in rough shape There's an investigation going on All there were, of this There were death threats being made on his life Well <laughs> What? What a weird time to do that What do you mean? You gonna make death threats on a guy who's in a coma? that's fucked up yeah just give him a minute no but that
1: actually happened that really the the hospital took phone calls of people who were threatening to come like basically finish
2: the job but like so all of that makes sense to me that obviously that that's going to be a very secure hospital room no family saw him nobody shug didn't go back to see him no friends no family for a week right no one even there to like support his mom, who was apparently there with him alone for a week. Like right. that doesn't make any sense. Agreed. And if she's not there, then he's just there by himself, I guess. And like, yeah, he's unconscious, but that seems—I uh, don't know—that seems really odd to me. I I agree. I if, agree. If any loved one is in the hospital for a week, you go say hi to them or you go at least like support their family yeah, you go check in on them, their immediate family who's dealing with it you know right. like that's right I don't know even with celebrities I feel like that's odd uh, last thing about his mom yep I'd like to read a quote from his mother oh in an interview uh, that she did years after he had died and she said I'm gonna condense this a little bit because there's some other stuff in between okay Quote, I think Tupac was really tired, tired of fighting, tired of being vilified, tired of being called things that he knew he was unable to be. I wish he was here every day, but I don't want him to be unhappy. He chose his life, and in the end, he chose to leave quietly. Hmm. Two things about that stick out to me. First being, he chose to leave quietly. Because I would think a drive-by is the opposite of choosing to leave. Y- sure. Uh that doesn't seem at all like a choice to me. And then yep. what does quietly mean in that? Like that's, it was extremely public and loud and in the news everywhere. Like that was right. Nothing was quiet about this situation. Right. The second sort of more subtle part of that. That's weird to me. is he said, "Is she says, I don't want him to be unhappy speaking in the present tense about him. Yep. Years after he had passed, which yep. like maybe that's a, just a slip or maybe you know she speaks about him as if he's still around because that's her son and whatever but years later to still be talking about someone in the present tense seems strange i would agree with that as well <laughs> cool thanks
1: well i was like i was like i got another one for you but i didn't no, want to i didn't yeah, want to no, break no. into your
2: list yet no i'm 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 good go ahead i, I feel like
1: um I wanted to say this one because uh, because I feel like we're starting to build into what this is really all about right now.
2: Like, hey, yes, I think it's. I don't, I don't know what this is really all about, so let's go. Let's take it there. So um,
1: Soledad O'Brien and Ice-T did a documentary about the death of Tupac Shakur that was shown on Fox in like, uh, now I'm going to forget the year. I don't remember. I, I watched, uh, eh, I don't know, 15 minutes of it, 20 minutes of it. Um, but basically, it's like them doing a reopen and investigative questioning of people involved, etc. Yeah. That's happened a few times, has it not? Yeah, 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 a few times for sure. Um, they in in the process of creating that documentary or show or whatever you want to call it, they actually interviewed Suge Knight from prison because Suge has been basically in and out of prison for the last. Uh, now he's there for no, a few n- decades.
2: Now he's there until he dies. Mm. Um, really? How old is he? He, he got sentenced to like sh- 27 or 28, didn't he? And he's like, I mean, he's like 40 if something.
1: He, if he gets, eh, I think he's like early 50s. If he gets out, oh, he's okay. going to be like 90 yeah, whatever, or whatever.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's basically <laughs> going to rot in prison. <laughs> still not how math works, but you're trying. What? I love you. <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> 50 plus 27 is not 90.
1: 54 plus 27 81 is what I was going on and you round up and you, know, you don't
2: round up to 90 from 81 eh, bro whatever. <laughs> maybe maybe you do. Anyway, Ice T has something to say about this? Uh no, Ice T doesn't but Shug does. They asked
1: um they actually this is the reason that I know that uh Shug went to the hospital that Pac went to is because they asked him about what was your experience like the last time you saw Pac? Like before he, before you didn't see him again, what it had happened? And Suge says, there's a quote. He says, I mean, when I left that hospital, me and Pac was laughing and joking. I don't see how someone can go from doing well to doing bad.
2: I don't understand that quote. Okay. He got shot. What does he mean doing well to doing bad? Well, if I get shot, I'm going to be doing pretty fucking bad regardless of what I was doing prior. I don't disagree with you, but I also like, I just literally don't understand what he means by that.
1: I think potentially what he's trying to say is he might not have been an, in, in as bad of shape as he was made out to be
2: as in like, after he got shot, after you're he saying? got shot. How would Suge know though? What do you mean? Well, it's not like they were hanging out together at the hospital. I get the impression what or he's on trying the way to say. To the hospital.
1: I get the impression that of what he was trying to say is he got discharged the next day, and when he said peace to Pac, leaving the hospital after getting discharged for being treated for his head wound or whatever, Pac was in like relatively good spirits and
2: like not, you know, like not in a coma. Yes, maybe. Okay. I I have some Suge audio from a different interview Yeah, where he's also talking about the idea that Pac might not be dead. So this gets
1: back to the unreliability of Suge Knight that Spencer mentioned earlier. And it's actually one of the things that complicates this case so thoroughly is because he is the A1 number one person who A, knew Pac best. B, was most present with Pac before, during, and after his death. And C, has had the most complicated and I mean he's he's in jail right now for killing someone. Yes. And he's had
2: <laughs> evolving versions of things. So this is from an interview I believe in 2012. Yep. Where he's talking about um well, yeah, you'll you'll get it. I don't need to explain it.
4: Now Shug, there are a lot of people that think you were involved in the murder of Tupac Shakur. How does that make you feel? Talk about it. You know, a lot of people say, well, God's gonna judge me. I got like a 40, I got a 45 inch bullet in my head, inching my skull by grabbing Tupac.
2: Real quick, he said a 45 inch bullet in his skull. Sure did say that. (laughs) Sure did say that, that (laughs) very not
4: true thing. That's really what happened. The second part of it is this people know what happened at the end of the day. You got, you got, you got an individual on there and said, okay, we did this shooting. You know, Puffy was there, Biggie was there, he was already paid for to kill Tupac. This was this how it happened. And they break everything down to the T. And I'm saying to myself, people say, well, damn, if this dude told the feds and everybody that he's a rip, a former rip out of Compton, and they killed Tupac, why didn't he go to jail for murder? Then maybe the question is that. Pac really not dead. Pac somewhere else and, oh, and maybe they get oh, over. Like You're her. gonna start a whole nother <laughs> I mean, with it's that the one. truth if you really look did at you, it. Did you see Tupac there? Nobody seen Tupac dead. The thing is this. Um, the person who supposedly cremated Tupac, who I you know, his mother wanted done uh, quickly if he was if he passed. So this guy got about Three million dollars, personally for me. Cash. And next thing I know, I never heard from the guy I seen again. He retired and left.
2: So there are a couple of things I want to address about that yeah, interview. Whoa. I think just to clarify, I think what he's talking about at the beginning is uh what you referenced earlier from the LA Times article of the idea of Biggie paying the Compton Cripps to put a hit on Tupac. Yes. So I think he's, he's speaking to that theory of, well, if Biggie paid these people money and we know who it was, and Diddy was involved and, and all these people were around and we have all this information, well then why isn't the person who did it or the people who did it, why aren't they arrested? He then, and I think he's probably speaking about Orlando Anderson in that case.
1: Uh, yeah. And it sounds like he's insinuating, like he's saying, quote like in air quotes everyone knows what happened right as in like this is this this
2: is the story that everybody tells right but and, if they, and yet no one was arrested right and then he 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 follows that with and that's because Pac wasn't actually killed I I don't know but if we're trusting any of what he says he said two interesting things to me the first being No one saw Tupac dead. Yep. That seems important. Obviously, if he died, someone must have seen him dead. I mean, at least one person. Sure. The second part that I still don't understand is he says he personally paid the man who did the, uh, the cremation $3 million in cash. Right. Why? Why are you paying... Is he saying that he was in on Pac faking his death? What is he I don't understand what he's suggesting with that?
1: Yeah, I think that's the insinuation is I I helped fund dollars. He paid off the whatever, the funeral home or whoever does that? Yeah, because at the crematorium they're the people that like sign off on the final death certificate or whatever. Like, yes, it's done, he's dead. And
2: the price for Forging that was three million For forging that and saying you never have to work again. And that would say also say he's dead That would explain why the dude retired because he had three million he had in $3 cash million in
1: cash after his public public career Not public career, but I mean became very public around this instant Incident, yeah. incident yeah. And was like peace. I'm fucking out of here. I don't want to have to deal with this shit anymore. Yeah so I mean I've never heard
2: that audio. That's pretty fucking fascinating Again, it comes back to like Suge is just not a a trustworthy person. No, no, he's not. He's <laughs> but I also don't understand what his motive would be here specifically to be perpetuating Should? this. Yeah. Is well, it just because it, it puts him in in the public eye and he can go do interviews about it or I mean if you listen like, to the interviewers if you listen to the
1: interviewer, the very first question he asks him is people think that you had something to do with Pac's death. What do you have to say
2: to that? Right. Cause so that is al- one of the theories that, that Suge actually, because Pac was considering leaving Death Row and they had issues, whatever, that Suge actually put out a hit on Pac. Yeah. And that's also why Suge, even though 20 bullets hit the car, Suge was fine. There's also, there's a bunch of other details about this uh,
1: that kind of put Suge in a bad light. One of which is, um, it's said that, Shug owed Pac death row money that hadn't been fully paid out to him. And that was also part of Pac's firing of that lawyer that they shared was that there was like somewhere in the realm of $3 million in unpaid revenue from shows and album sales and things like that, that came through death row that was still owed to Pac. That was still owed to Pac. And the theory goes that potentially Shug had, uh, Shug had, Maybe use that for something else maybe kept that for himself, maybe whatever and mm-hmm. Pac was owed that money and a really good way to Get somebody to not to stop asking for three million dollars is to not have them be around to ask for three million dollars anymore the other one that's pretty important about that puts Suge in a bad light is uh, Apparently Shug I mean, you know one of the things that's important to know about these dudes being millionaires many 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 times over is they had drivers, they had bodyguards, a lot of lot of photos you see a Pac. Pox wearing a vest, like everywhere he fucking goes. Mm, conveniently, none of those things happened that night. None of those things happened that night. And the way this story also goes is that potentially Shug told the driver and the bodyguard to go with Pac's girlfriend in a separate vehicle in the convoy that they were on, and Shug said, "I'll drive, you ride." let's go together, like they wanted to have a conversation of some kind. Right. But that makes it pretty convenient to be able to be in a certain spot at a certain time with a certain, you know, proximity. You know what side of the car Pac's going to be on, you know. Right. You, can, you know. You would have the ability to sort of stage some things. Right. There's not going to be a security person who's going to pull a gun out and fire back at you, whatever, whatever. Yeah,
2: so you can get 20 shots off. Right. Uh. Yeah, since... Was it like two or three years prior that Pac got shot in New York? Yeah, 92, I mean, okay, so 94 maybe. maybe three that, or four years. I yeah, don't remember, I what, remember now. that was. But yeah, he pretty much wore a vest like everywhere in public, right? right? Live shows. Yeah. yeah every, everywhere. So that part is weird. Also, I have a hard time believing that Suge Knight didn't carry a gun with him in the 90s. Yeah. Or Pac, or in that car, at least.
1: The only thing I can think of is if you flew to Vegas from L.A., it's not... Well, I guess this was also pre-9-11, too, so...
2: Also, you don't think Suge Knight, of all people, could find a fucking gun in Las Vegas? Also true. (laughs) Um, But
1: all these things, I think, combined put Suge in a bad light, and then it would stand to reason in my head that Suge would have more of a motive to lie about whether or not Pac was still alive so that people don't actually attach him to his death. Not that he thinks he's going to get convicted of it, but more that just generally from like a um, an aesthetics perspective, he can be looked at in a shinier light. Oh no, would- I helped Pac and he's living somewhere else. Not I orchestrated the hit on Pac because I owed him money.
2: But wouldn't a more believable version that would still also clear him be, yeah, the, the person that we all think did it, did it? If he just came out and said like, yeah, I saw Orlando Anderson shoot him. Wouldn't it, it wouldn't that also end it? Yes. I, I that's and yeah, Anderson is dead. You can't prosecute him. Right. Wouldn't that end the whole thing? Yes and no, but
1: I think you're also right that like, you know, well, twofold. One, he's either contribu- contributing to the mystique or he is telling some version of the truth. Yeah. Now, Shug has motives. That I think are like muddy. But there are other people who don't have the same motives. And one of them I find particularly fascinating.
2: Cool. Let's um, uh, let's hit that and then we're at like an hour ish. So
1: Okay. Um do you remember the group Naughty by Nature? I sure do. Mm, naughty by Nature. Um, So one of the two rappers in uh, Naughty by Nature is a gentleman named Tretch. Okay. T-R-E-A-C-H, but I think it's pronounced Tretch. Um, So Tretch was at the Underground Hip Hop Awards in 2010 being interviewed by a gentleman who, hang on, hang on, his name is too funny for me to not pull it up
2: really quick. (laughs) I was like, you can just say
1: he's being interviewed by a guy. Nope. Nardwar. Um, his name is the infamous Amadeus, but it's spelled D A I N P H A M U S A M A D E U Z.
4: What's up with y'all?
1: The
2: infamous Amadeus. (laughs) Okay, and he said what now?
1: Uh, Amadeus does about a five-minute interview with Tretch, um, asking him kind of a a lot of questions about just like, why are you here? What about the awards? Whatever, whatever. Explain your existence. Explain your existence. Um, No, but at the very end, so the way they explain it, they say that as they were filming Tretch on the red carpet, they quote, put the interview camera down and forgot to turn it off okay there these guys were with some some like it's called it's a go tv it apostrophe z a go tv the fact that you've never heard of that i I fuck with these guys yeah wait do you know what this is really (laughs) no but Uh i I like their their naming conventions yes yes (laughs) the fact that you've never heard of them though probably means that like they didn't turn into anything humongous and we're not maybe you know a super duper legit media Why empire at the so time. lazy my boy Come <laughs> on man Um So they get Tretch to do a drop For their like video show Whatever mm-hmm. set the camera down And Amadeus is asking Tretch for a photo he's like yo can we take a photo real quick and he's like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. And they take like, a photo. And he's like, whoa, was that video? And he was like, no, 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 I'm just taking a photo. I just want to, you know, the video's off. We just want to take a photo with you. Classic.
2: The and, old the old think you're taking
1: a photo, take a video trick. And, well, and Tretch, it, it wasn't with his phone, though. Like, the the camera is on the ground by their feet, actually. So you can just see, like, one of their feet. Okay. Um, but it's almost like you can tell that Tretch was like, whoa, I thought we were done with the video stuff. Are we done or not? Mm-hmm. And Amadeus really quietly to him says, hey, man, I just got to ask you a question. Like is Pac still alive and he kind of laughs and like, they kind of talk, whatever. And then they take the photo and then they're like, yeah, all right, cool. We'll go, we'll go catch that later. We'll go do that. And then the last thing you hear, uh, Tretch say as he walks away is last time I saw him, he was in Cuba mm-hmm. and he says a real kind of offhanded and casually as he's like walking away And the guys
2: are like, ha-ha, and they pull up the camera. Wait, Jadakiss was there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ha-ha! Sorry if you don't listen to rap music and like our podcast. This probably sucks.
1: Nah, you're fine. This is (laughs) See, we're a true crime podcast, not like we said. Um, But it's very, very, very clear what he says. Last time I saw
2: him, he was in Cuba. And That sounds like a great way to get people to watch your YouTube video. But here's the thing. (laughs) I I know there's a a link with Cuba that I guess we should probably talk about. There's a link in Cuba, one. So,
1: well. uh, Asada Shakur was there, right? Asada Shakur was there, which is one. So that's Pac's uh, aunt? Aunt? I I was going to say, is that what it is? I think so. I think Um, it's his mom's sister. Okay. So Pac's aunt was already in Cuba um, hiding, I guess, from the U.S. government. Yeah, she was like
2: convicted of murder, right? I believe that's correct, yes. Yeah.
1: Um and there were also a handful of different statements. Oh, not actual aunt. Friend of his mother slash godmother. Got it. Um that have placed Pac in Cuba, including a YouTube video. Now Let's I saw a black guy in a bandana. So that is a, unfortunately a lot of this. <laughs> there is, however, a video that came out in 2004 that was Suge and from behind a man who looks suspiciously like Tupac on a beach talking to each other. Um, okay. and whoever filmed it, or I guess re-released it saying Suge and Pac in Cuba in 2004, now a lot of these are bullshit. Like they're they're right. like you said, they're people. Because we're who gonna have, watch them, right? They have goatees and bandanas on their heads, and so it must be Pac.
2: For a second, I thought you were just roasting the people who make these videos, and like, oh, we can't trust them. They have goatees. These weirdo weirdos. <laughs> Uh, no, they're just, they're pictures
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. of black dudes and bandanas, like you're right, saying. Right. But this one is actually, you could tell it's Suge. It's very obviously Suge and outbald black dude wearing like a sleeve was cut off with tattoos. Now there's like speculation of like, do we know it's Cuba? Do we know when the video was shot? There's questions about it, but Cuba is like a thing that comes up a lot. It goes family, it goes sightings, and then Tretch who... Here's the thing. I don't think he had any desire to actually like help these dudes do stuff. It was, it didn't feel staged at yeah. all. It felt very like red carpet walking away, cameras are off. I can say this to a radio host dude as I'm walking away and just be like, last time I saw him, he was in Cuba and like keep it real. That's keep a keep wild
2: so- thing to say under any circumstances, though. It like, is. if you actually know that you're telling that to you. You're not telling that to anyone, much less this dude who you're just doing an interview with, who you suspected of filming you a second ago.
1: The interesting part about it though, is that when asked about it in like follow-up interviews, Tretch basically is is just like, he just changes subjects. Like he's basically Mm -hmm. like, he goes away from it regularly. He said some things like, uh, he said things in follow-up interviews similar to if Pac was alive, I wouldn't tell you anyway. Like, trying to be like a little bit kind of in the wind about it, I guess.
2: I guess, I mean, Cuba would make sense too, in terms of their relationship with the U S at the time of like, there's, excuse me, there was no communication between the U S and Cuba at that time. You're not getting extradited back to the U S like you could probably hide out for as long as you needed to, I would guess.
1: And then, and then you have, uh, British security guards named Michael Nice who say that they were part of the group that helped fly a private plane to Barbados that had Pac on board and that his brother, a security agent then helped get Tupac from Barbados to Cuba to send him off into retirement. Now, here's what I think we should probably get around to, Hey man, what do you think? Guess what, guess what, guess what happened? Guess what happened? <laughs> it's about that time. Pac died. Okay. I think that's what happened. Who killed him? I think Orlando Orlando Anderson killed him because he got pissed that he got jumped and was like, not today and not here. Mm. I don't think Biggie had anything to do with it. I think it was an altercation. I believe there was potentially
2: a hit out, maybe from Diddy. I don't know i I was a hundred percent with you until like this morning word yeah there's an like and I'm not so, saying I'm not saying I'm convinced otherwise, I didn't think there was like any chance or there was like a less than one percent chance that something weird happened, yep until like earlier today for what it's and worth I, I think there's enough weird stuff around this case that like. I would be open to other possibilities so that for what it's worth. That's where I was heading with. That was like, I think that's probably what happened, but I'm
1: not convinced. That's what's ha- what happened. There's too and, many things that point in the same direction just slightly. Like, you know how long it would take to uh, figure out where you could go to get cremated, where you could get on a private plane and get healthy enough to fly on it, to
2: get the fuck out of town. Probably about a week, probably about six days. So yeah, and then like there's stuff in his music too that's kind of weird, and we didn't get into any of that, and now we don't really have time to. Maybe we can continue on the Patreon or something. But yeah, he was very into. There's the whole Machiavelli Machiavelli connection, and like in the album, in the like in the liner notes or the like uh, album artwork for uh, Don Cluminati, he's talking about him being Jesus and being resurrected after 7 days. Yep. And talking about Tupac is dead but Machiavelli is born. Yep. So sort of this like alternate or like alter ego alternate personality thing. Yep. Um there's a quote that's often attributed to Machiavelli that I couldn't find. Yep. Today, I couldn't source anywhere from any of his writings about um Basically, I forget how the quote is supposed to go, but something about like fake your death to fool your enemies. Yeah. I can't find that direct quote anywhere or anything like especially close to it. Unfortunately, he's also extremely famous
1: for uh, a phrase from the prince, which is the ends justify the means. That's Mm -hmm. like a common cultural saying that we have, but Mm -hmm. the ends justify the means would be a
2: really good way to explain how you would fool your family and friends the uh, the one quote, just back on the Machiavelli thing for one second, is sometimes, this is a quote uh, from the prince, I believe. Sometimes it has been of great moment while the fight is going on to disseminate words that pronounce the enemy's captain to be dead or to have been conquered by another part of the army. Many times this has given victory to him who used it. Mm. So I think that's probably like that quote probably got paraphrased down down to, to that. The I fake can your see death that thing. I also, think Pac released seven albums after he died. Yep. The number seven being sort of interesting, but also that's like way more music than he released when he was alive. Yes. Which seems weird that yep. you would have been working at a like album a year pace while you were alive and then have, s- but also have seven full records stashed.
1: He put out a music video two days after he died that shows him walking out of a hotel with a friend and getting shot by a man with a pistol mm-hmm. and then wrapping the rest of the song from heaven. Like that would have had to been well in the can before this event happened. There's just, there's a just enough weirdness for me to think like, maybe something's eh, maybe, up. Maybe Yeah. I also think there's something to be said for, you know, what if you faked your own death? It's one thing to think that the actual shooting and the altercation and everything about it was staged. There's another thing to say, getting shot in a drive-by shooting scared Pac so much mm. that he was like, fuck all of this. Fuck this shit. I'm out. He was getting death threats on a regular basis. He'd had legal problems in I the mean,
2: US. Like it, Unfortunately, if it didn't happen then, it was probably going to happen eventually.
1: And I think And I'm sure he was very aware of that. For sure. And I think like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna indulge a version of this that's the version I indulge that he was like brought so close to death by four shots to the body uh after a fucking like clubbing night one night that he was like, nah dude, yeah. I'm i I'm getting out of this with my with my head held high and my blood in my body and he took four a days a whole lot of money. And a whole lot of like money. He would have exactly. had the means to
2: do any of that shit also. A hundred percent. And there's also Especially if Shook was involved. Right. And Tretch
1: also in a in 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 an interview later on. S- somebody asked him about it and he said something to the effect of like, shit, man, like Pac was a crafty character. He could have done anything he wanted in this world. And I think that was his way of being like, he was a creative enough dude. And like what I'm, what I guess what I'm trying to communicate it is I communicate is I don't think he was creative enough to stage a brawl stage, a drive by stage, a hospital run stage. Like that would have been, such a massive conspiracy and cover up with ambulance drivers and hospital workers and all these things. But the version of it, I can definitely bite onto is you're about to be discharged. And instead you basically like get out. Yeah. You disappear late at night, one night and you You go a couple people to say that they did something. They didn't sign a death certificate. You burned a body. I mean, should we know? We know sugar has killed people. Maybe
2: Shug was like I get you a body anytime Let me know (laughs) well or There isn't one I mean No no one can attest to that other than the dude that Shug says he paid off or there isn't one I'm just Getting to
1: the point about the 215 pound Six foot version of Shupak like Maybe that's a different dead guy that they burned And that was you know Part of who did the thing and maybe a Feeney shows up and says Yep that's my son And it's super not it's somebody else some rando that they found and he goes cool sounds good to me do the measurements do the autopsy put him in the fire and we're done here. So like that's the version I can buy more than anything is him going that was fucking scary and I was this close to death and I'm getting out of this game with my life. Yeah. And I'm going to Cuba where my godmother lives and knows how to avoid the government and avoid people and avoid being found and arrested.
2: The government has said they're just not going to deal with Cuba. Right. (laughs)
1: Like yeah. that to me is what what I buy, or can buy. I don't know if that's my like. That's what happened, but that's what I can buy. God damn! Yeah, babies. And also, we out of here. We out of here. Hey, if you want to leave one of those voicemails you heard at the beginning of the show, six one two two four six four six one four, send us a send us a, uh, an email. Oh, one quick thing before we go, um, we're giving away stickers. It's cool. We got a bunch of uh, bright orange, big, what if stickers, Bro,
2: this is a horrible idea. Unless you're mailing these. I'm
1: doing it. I'm all right, doing all it. Right. I'm taking it. We're doing okay. it. Okay. Here's the deal. All you got to do is give us a review on iTunes. Send us a screenshot of your review and email it to hi at what if podcast.com with your address.
2: I'm going to save Ryan since he's not saving himself. Uh, this only applies if you live in the United States. Yes. Thank you.
1: This only applies if you live in the United States. Uh, but we'll send you a sticker for the show if you if you just take a screenshot of your iTunes review and email it to uh, us with your address. We'll send you we'll send you a sticker. Thank you guys for supporting the show. We love you as always. See you next week. Listen you we
3: bastards. Life's too short to be messing around. You need to live your life. Enjoy your time here on Planet Earth.